welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. The final on-location episode takes us to Cedar Rapids, Iowa for the Division Three National Championship. We had a chance to sit down with Americans Ross Natoli, Marietta's Brian Brewer, Trinity's Tim Scannell, Eastern Connecticut State's Brian Hamm, Salisbury's Troy Brohan, Baldwin Wallace's Brian Harrison, and American Rivers Commissioner Dan Hamas. Congrats to Brian Hamm and the Eastern Connecticut State Program for bringing home this year's championship. Once again, thanks to all the coaches who took time to sit down with me. Let's welcome everyone to the podcast. All right, here with Ross Natoli, Catholic University head coach. Ross, thanks for being with us. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, four-time NCAA tournament appearance for you this yeah, year. Uh, I think it's our fourth, right? Yep. 2011, 15, 18, and 22. Over 700 wins. Yeah, have over 700 wins. Um, try not to count. Um, you know, when, when when you've come this far, uh, every game is a uh, you want to savor every game. Yeah. 37th season as head coach. What's Catholic University meant to you? What does it mean? Yeah. Well, it it means um, every year I ask myself, why am I doing this? Um, What keeps me going? And a couple things there. What it means to me is to to understand and to really savor the privilege that it is to coach at this level, the privilege that it is to have a chance to make a positive difference in a young man's life. Um, Those are the things that keep me in coaching. What's changed about coaching over the years, if anything? Well, I think the, the game itself um, has changed a little bit, um, um, all the way up through pro ball, um, uh, down through the colleges, you know, with the emphasis on power. Um, and we we kind of have a built-in advantage at the college level because bats are metal. Um, so there is a little more emphasis on power, um, but I think the rest of the game um, has remained pretty close to the same. Um, you've still got to play defense, and it's not, just not how hard you throw off the mound, it's can you pitch. So if you can pitch, keep hitters off balance, um, make basic plays, um, those things about the game haven't changed. How you get through to today's youth might be a little bit different than 
how I used to try to get through to my guys 30 years ago. Um, but we really value uh, the feedback from our players and everything we do in planning practice and uh, preparing for games, um, you know, to just make it the best student athlete experience that we can. You know, one of your mottos is developing culture of unity, team unity. So, I mean, how long have you had that? Has that been with you the whole time or has that evolved over time? I think that's the most important thing and, and probably the biggest challenge that any coach has is to, is to develop a culture um, that really simply does the right thing even when the coach is not standing right over you. Um, player to player accountability, um, coach to coach accountability, coach to player accountability, and an openness um, to get on the same page and do whatever it takes so that you can prepare to the fullest, compete to the fullest, and hopefully play your best ball when it means the most. Great academic institution. Um, you know, talk a little bit about the academic piece for Catholic University and what your players have to go through. Yeah, this is, this is a, a university that has a broad spectrum of majors. Um, some very rigorous um, um, as well. Um, you know, we have architecture, we have engineering, um, we have nursing, um, we have our business school, which just totally got renovated about seven years ago. That's a, that's a big attraction to Catholic U. Um, we have players that, you know, have to come a little bit later to practice because of labs or certain classes that are just offered later in the day. Um, and some that might have to leave a little bit earlier but our priority is still on developing the best students first and then athletes and baseball players right next to that. Um, How many of your roster are on doing engineering, nursing? Because I think that's a benefit of being at a smaller school right. is, is you can do that. A lot of Division I schools, you're not going right. to be able to do I'm, that piece. So I'm not going to be, nor have I ever been a coach that says, uh, you probably don't want to take this major. Yeah. Um, if one of the reasons to come to Catholic U is the academic offerings in a curriculum um, that really interests you, we want to use that to get you here. Um, I typically have, I'd say, anywhere from 8 to 12 guys that are in some form of engineering most years. The last five or six years, we've gone from maybe 8, 10, 12, 16, probably 18 of our guys, um, you know, well over a third of our guys um, uh, are in our uh, Bush School of Business as, as business majors. You know, economics, marketing, finance, um, accounting, um, you know, rigorous curricula there as well. We have pre-med majors um, as well. And, and we have, you know, political science majors and media studies majors, but all quality curriculums that allow, will allow you to get a degree that really means something and set the foundation for your, you know, likely what will be your main career um, when you finish playing at Division Three baseball. Do you think it helps? Uh, you got a civil engineering degree from George Washington. Do you think that helps because you understand what you had to go through to get your civil engineering degree at a Division One school, George right. Washington? Does that make it a little bit easier for you? It, it, it does because uh, you know when I was at George Washington, I was an engineering major. Got up to my junior and senior years. Not only were there labs, but there were certain classes only offered later in the day. <laughs> So I would be running the eight blocks from our campus to the ellipse, which was our home field, um, just to make it to part of practice and then convincing a couple of my teammates to stay with me so I could get the work in. It's the same way here at Catholic. I mean, if you have a class that runs a little bit later, we're going to tailor our practices around you um, to make sure 
that everybody gets the same basic level of instruction and same basic level of practicing to improve, um, but we have to be flexible. And that's what we try to do here at Catholic, is make it the best student athlete experience and doing justice to the academics is, is the, the primary component of that. Any fundraising tips? Uh, well, I'd like to leverage what we've done this year to maybe uh, help increase our fundraising tips. Um, what do you feel like you do best out of that? I, mean, I think everybody I, I has think, their own little I, take on it. I think basically um, we have such a loyal alumni base um, from, from players that have played or coached from the 50s all the way to the 2020s. Um, I try to really make sure that every alum, regardless if you just graduated a year ago or you played here 50 years ago, um, I want to make them feel valued and make them feel like they truly are a part of this because it's guys like that um, that have really given us the privilege to stand on their shoulders. So I try to really keep guys close to the program regardless of what year you graduated. How do you balance what you do? I mean, you work for the U.S. Department of Energy and also coach. I mean, how do you balance that? Well, I have a very understanding wife, my lovely wife, Nancy, um, first and foremost. Um, you know, and I'm not going to lie to you. Any coach will tell you there are a lot of family sacrifices that go into coaching. Um, you know, we still want to make all the premier important events in our family's life. But, boy, you have to make a trade-off on a lot of things. Um, I think first and foremost, I have... You know, uh, I have understanding bosses at the Department of Energy, but I've kind of earned the right through the leave I've earned to take time for baseball when I need to. But the most important factor of it all is my assistant coaching staff. The majority of them have played for me. I think they understand me from a player standpoint. It's a whole different ballgame when you become a coach. They, they learn that craft very quickly, but I couldn't do it without guys like, especially my associate head coach, Bobby Picardo, um, who day in and day out, uh, really I've delegated almost everything I can do to him and my other assistant coaches. So the, really the key to balancing the dual career is to have guys you really trust who are terrific assistant coaches who really want to coach. What's the strength of your team this year? Looks like the offensive numbers are really good. Just looking, glancing at everything, looks like the offensive numbers are I, really good. I think there's no question. Our offensive numbers, uh, you know, the resiliency of our hitters to battle, keep counts alive and eventually put the ball in play. Um, and regardless of the score, know that um, you can come back. Um, and I, I think that's been our biggest strengths. But really some unsung pitching performances have been a strength too, where- um, You need those this time of year, right? You, you need it this time of year. Let's be honest, Most every, every tournament, it's all hands on deck. And it, it really comes down to who can rise to the occasion. What are you trying to get out of practice today? Today, well, I wanted to kind of keep it loose and fun. Um, you know, we hit on the field over at um, Mount Mercy. Um, beautiful facility, by the way. Um, I'm jealous of anybody that has turf. And we're, that's one of the things we're trying to get at Catholic U. We're getting some lights later this year. Um, you know, I want to get, get turf in too, to, you know, maybe make us good candidates to host these postseason tournaments as well. But today in practice, um, you know, we mainly hit on the field and took some ground balls and, and, and did some stretching, um, trying not to overdo it. We'll do our defensive work here um, at, at the stadium. Um, You're hitting rounds, right? what you normally do, or you just give them some free swings today? You know, how'd you tail your rounds today? What I think we do is we, we do our rounds how we typically do it, you know, and then we, we do take it around the bases after one of our rounds as well, just to 
help guys get loose and actually see a ball off a bat and react to it a little bit. Um, and then we keep our rounds shorter, you know, more rounds, shorter rounds um, to try to simulate, you know, game like at bats. Yeah. Thanks for your time, coach. Okay. Brian. All right, here with Brian Brewer, Marietta head coach, uh, assistant athletic director as well, correct? Phys ed chair. Okay, yeah. phys ed chair. Um, Marietta grad, 93. I mean, just talk about that, your history with the program. Great program, but just talk about your history with the program. Yeah, been around for a while. You know, started there in the, uh, would have been spring of 90. Uh, four years, four great years, best four years of my life. Uh, graduated and then uh, went over to John Carroll University. Was a GA there for two years, head coach for four, and then in 2000 came back to Marietta as Coach Shally's assistant. Uh, was his assistant for four years and then took over uh, spring of 2004. 19 years now, I think, is the head coach, and it seems like just yesterday. But special place, man, really special community, uh, special program, and, and uh, feel very fortunate to, to now call it home. What did you learn from Coach Shelley? Everything, you know, discipline, uh, time management, uh, work ethic. You know, I mean, I had a lot of that stuff uh, put in me growing up from my, from my mom mostly and my dad. Uh, but, uh, you know, super structured, super organized guy, uh, knew the rule book in and out. Um, also delegated really well, you know, allowed his assistant coaches to coach and, and uh, but he was the game manager and he was the boss and, and I learned a tremendous amount from him, loved him like a father. Did you learn then how to handle your own assistance through that? I learned a lot from him and then I learned a lot from experience. You know, I was, I was fortunate, I was 24 years old when I got the head job at John Carroll, so I was really young and I probably was not ready for the job, uh, a little trial and error, probably more error than, than anything else there early on. Um, but yeah, and then also it depends on the personality of your assistants, I think sometimes, you know, different guys can handle different things. And uh, so I, I got a little float, you know, we, we tell our kids we always want to have them a little freedom in their swing. And, and I've got a little freedom in my coaching style and, and how and what I delegate and those kind of things. But I've been very fortunate for 19 years now to, to have an incredible assistant coaching staff uh, and assistant coaches, as well as the administration at the college. Just really fortunate to be where I am. Have you had those guys with you, your assistants, for a while? No, when I started, I had Deegan, Coach Deegan, who's now the head coach at Dennis, and I had him for eight years, uh, product of the program. And then I had a couple other guys in between. Coach Mulvey is also a product of the program. He's been back with us for three or four years. Coach Langley came from actually uh, up in Wisconsin at Marion University, had some family in the area. He's been with me for about seven now. And uh, you, you never know he came from anywhere else, man. He drinks and, and, and uh, breathes it. Uh, understands why we do the things that we do, the way that we do them, and, and uh, has done an exceptional job the last few years with us. Three national titles since 2004, I think over 600 wins, but talk about what it means to be back here again. Yeah, it's just, it's big, man. It's, it's, you, know, you try not to overlook these things sometimes because of the tradition and the history of our program. Um, and we try to, to make sure we reflect and appreciate what we've done, but, but that standard's always there, it always will be. Um, the expectation is we're gonna be here every year, despite the fact that we aren't. Uh, we still plan and, and approach things like this is where we wanna be you know, at the end of this month, and, and uh, we're fortunate to be back, and hopefully we make the most of the opportunity. What are some keys to winning here? You gotta pitch it and catch it. You know, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's how you win baseball games, right? You, you pitch it and you catch it. Uh, our offense has been a strong point of ours all season, but I think this is the College World Series, man. You, you gotta pitch it and you gotta catch it. Uh, I think we'll do that, and, and hopefully we can manufacture uh, the runs that are necessary. But you're a balanced club. I mean, your ERA is great, fielding percentage is great, so it isn't just about the offense for you. You're, you're able to do the other parts of the game. 
Yeah, we're a little top heavy on our staff. You know, we, we've got three or four guys that we feel really good about. Um, when we've had success late in the year, it's usually five or six guys that we feel really good about. We've got some guys that haven't had a ton of opportunities, but <clears throat> we anticipate they'll get some this weekend and they'll shine in, in those moments. Uh, but yeah, balance is the key, right? The pitching and the catching, I say, people say defense wins games or championships. Defense wins games and pitching is a part of defense. Uh, it's the years that we swing it and, and uh, we play efficient offensively that typically are our better years and we've been fortunate to do that thus far. What were you hoping to get out of practice today? Just get here, get out, get a sweat, get outside a little bit, check out the facility, just let the guys see it. You certainly don't want it to be the first time. Uh, familiarity is, is important. You know, like you mentioned, we haven't been here in a while and this is our first time in Cedar Rapids. Uh, so just the familiarity piece, get a little sweat, get the, get the nerves out a little bit, have some fun and uh, just hang out. You said you kind of float but with practice and then on the team, your first baseman outfielder, I mean, is that your first love with coaching or do you, do you like coaching other things? Uh, I'm, I've really turned more into a defensive guy. You know, offense was my thing when I played and, and uh, even growing up, I always enjoyed that aspect the most. But playing in this program, you got to know everything. You know, you, you got to know not only where you're supposed to be, but why and where the other guys are supposed to be. Uh, so I really enjoy the defensive part. Coach Langley is, has taken over pretty much completely our offensive piece and obviously he's done an exceptional job. I know very little, if anything, about pitching except throw strikes, right, down in the zone. Uh, Mike's done a great job there. So because of my staff, I've been afforded the opportunity to just lock in on the defensive side of things. Uh, and I've really learned to enjoy it. Thanks for your time, Coach. No problem, I appreciate it. All right, here with Tim Scannell, Trinity. Thanks for jumping on with me, Coach. Yeah, no problem. Uh, first CWS appearance was in 2015, mm -hmm. won it in 2016. Yep. Uh, what have you relayed to the guys about the last time? Well, if anything, I know it's a different place. Sure. I, I think the, the looseness that the team that won it all had is that you get to this point and you're playing with house money and you just got to enjoy everything, you know, and take all the fake pressure off yourselves. And that's what I think this group's actually starting to do and uh, see if we can catch a wave and ride it and see where it takes us. I mean, how do you help guys get over that self-imposed pressure because that's what it is it's self-imposed pressure it, yeah it really is and that, that's a great question I, I think you know at the beginning of the year i'm always the same way i, I think i induce pressure um, we're trying to get things up and running winning matters every game matters so there's an intensity to me at the beginning that that sometimes i think might be too much but i've always had a good feel for backing off and understand that playoff time is players time and kind of that's where we're at right now is it's time for players to relax, show up, and enjoy it. You set that standard in the fall? Yeah, a little bit in the fall. You know, D3, the fall's quick, so you don't, get, you don't really get to lay a lot of foundation in the fall. But in January, when it's six days a week and it's five-hour practices, it's pretty intense. Uh, and the pressure's there and the, the expectation level's there. And then it always feels like a slow back off the rest of the way. What's the strength of the team? offense just length to our lineup you know i saw you got up and down the lineup really good that's numbers. right yeah if, if we hit in the nine hole we're comfortable with that guy if we hit in the four hole we're comfortable with that guy and we feel we've got a couple guys on the bench that easily could be playing so we have some offensive length I mean, how many good offenses have you coached where the nine-hole guy gets everything jump-started for the top of the order? Well, it's funny. Our assistant coach, uh, Andrew Waters, was on the national championship team and hit 410 with, like, 12 bombs out of the nine-hole. So when you have that, you know, that happens infrequently. But when you do, boy, it's a, it's a bonus to an offense. How did you get to Texas from the Northeast? Oh, my gosh. Pete Hughes. 
Uh, Pete Hughes at Kansas State, uh, grew up playing against him at Boston College, high school, uh, kind of high school rivals. We, we met, re reconnected at Northeastern University in Boston, and uh, he convinced me to come down and be a pitching coach at Division Three Trinity, and I never left. Northeastern's got a nice setup. Yeah. I was there this fall. It's a beautiful part of Boston. Yeah, it is. It's really cool in the neighborhood of Brookline, and Mike Glavin's done a phenomenal job. I hit him up with texts every now and again, and I'm so proud of where that program's come from because, you know, when we played there, it, it, we didn't have a dugout. It was just an open bench. You sat in a bench, and everyone could see, you know, whether you're disappointed or happy. But, yeah, Glav's done an incredible job with that program. We uh, talked about it off air. We coached against each other in the Cape. Yes. talk about what the Cape leads meant to you. Yeah, the Capes, you know, the creme de la creme, right? And I, I was lucky enough in, oh my gosh, I don't even, 89 to play there. And then I played there in 90. So I was with uh, Harwich my first year and Couture my second year. And then years go by and Mike Coots, who's one of the greatest guys out there, called me up when I was at Trinity and asked if I want to coach with him on the 99 Couture Cattleyer team. And uh, that was probably one of the best coaching experiences I ever had. That was awesome. Talk about coaching elite players. I mean, you got Chase Utley, Garrick Atkins. I mean, just talk about kind of having to coach elite players. Yeah, uh, you know, amazing question because what I learned with those good players is, you know, get out of their way, you know, and be there to support them. And, you know, maybe drop a little tweak here and there, but mostly, you know, I mean, it's so many years ago, but I remember Utley, he was so loose and fun and funny away from the game. But when it took time, when he took time to take just batting practice, he was like an 18-year-old kid. His lock-in was amazing just in BP. So you, you, you observe that as a coach, and then you start to tell stories down the, the line and say, hey, man, you know, your BP's good, but it's not locked in like Chase Utley did, blah, blah, blah. His why it just seemed in a good way, like his wiring was different. Like the elite players, I think that's what sticks out is their wiring and how they go about things is, is different than the average player. Um, yeah, so so different. I, I I remember Mike Coots, one of the early, you know, weekend do it or whatever, and he said, you know, there's so many big leaguers floating around in the Cape League. Who who do we have? And it was unanimous that we all saw Utley not only as a, a Cape League uh, uh, I mean, an MLB player, we, we were calling him an all-star back then. He was different, there's no doubt. 24th season, I mean, what, what have you loved about Trinity? <sighs> just, just a great university. Um, it's small. These are really impressive kids. Uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, but, you know, X amount of years ago, Pete Hughes went from Virginia Tech to Oklahoma, and I had a chance to coach with him there, and I would have never thought in my lifetime that it wouldn't be the right move, but I'm lucky enough to have three boys. And at the time, the Trinity kid, he does so much parenting for me because they're great people. These are kids that are motivated on where they're going in life. They happen to be pretty good baseball players. And I remember with my wife saying, you know, we probably should stay here. And, and we did. And, and, and Pete said, best movie ever made because he was at Trinity and he knows the type of kid uh, that this school produces. I and how much of that, you know, your career path is going to be dictated by family circumstances, and that's why we have great coaches across every level from Absolutely. pro on down to high school because yep. a lot of it's family circumstances for more sure. than anything else. Yep, for sure. And, and that was the case for me. Yep. Top 10 active Division three coaches and winning percentage. I mean, does that mean anything to you or just speaks to the program? That I, I think it speaks to the school and, and it speaks to, you know, the type of athlete we can recruit there. You know, in, in the end, I think what we've always kind of got all pumped up on is, you know, can we just help a guy develop? And we're proud to have nine players have played in the Cape League at a small D3 school. And we've had X amount of guys drafted. And to me, that's really been 
the fun part of coaching is see, can we help a guy get as good as he can get? What are you trying to get out of practice today? Really nothing. Uh, I remember a longtime legendary coach, uh, Malin, at Southwestern. He had NAIA powerhouses back then, and this is 20 years ago. I remember he saying, you know, Hayes in the barn. Like, if you can't swing right now, you're never going to be able to swing. So, you know, these guys right now, it's a player's game, so they're going to make their own individual tweaks. You know, then we'll simplify. Are you seeing the ball well? You know, you're working above the ball. Let's try and hit line drives, you know, things, things of that nature. Do you think that's what's changed most about coaching over the last 20, 30 years is it is a lot more player driven now? I do. I think that and I think it gets a little over coached in that everybody's too anxious to make the tweak or have the idea rather than let the athlete be the athlete and, and work within his boundaries. And so um, that's just one of the things I've observed is not really trying to change much, trying to enhance, trying to work on approach, vision. And then if you see the mechanical flaw, kind of work with the hitter, not just tell them why it's wrong type of thing. Are you doing some vision training stuff with them? You talk about vision, are you doing any? No, I, I'd stuff? love to. Again, I go back to Pete. I remember years ago at Boston College, he said they had like a strobe light room and I was fascinated with it. But you know, at the D3 level, your resources are really small. So it, it, it always is a real simplification here. You know, they're busy with school. We don't get a lot of time with them. So you gotta make your words matter. You gotta stay short and concise. And so when we talk about vision, we, we talk about spin, we talk about laces, we talk about seeing it in the last, you know, X amount of feet, not worrying about picking it up early, that type of thing. Thanks for your time, Coach. Yeah, you got it, thank you. All right, here with Brian Ham, Eastern Connecticut State, uh, head coach, uh, congrats on everything. Thank you. You know, it's uh, third full season as head coach here. Yes. Came over from Amherst. Yes. So how's it been so far? I mean, you've got things popping. <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. It's gone really well. Um, and we had it going at Amherst. And yeah. we made a number of runs in the NCAA tournament, um, built on what uh, Coach Thurston had done for 42 years there. Um, and it was really difficult to leave there and, and come to Eastern at the same time as a homecoming for me being from Connecticut and then getting to, to coach at a public university, being a public school guy, and then to join Chris Wojcik, who went here and uh, is our associate head coach. Uh, it, it was a, a really cool coming together and then now to have the opportunity to build on what Coach Halawati had built up um, in winning the four national championships and now to try to win a fifth, um, it's pretty special for us. Yeah. Longtime ABCA board member, Coach Halawati yes. is an unbelievable person, yes. great person. So just talk about kind of kind of unique you've had a unique path been around some great baseball people mm -hmm. but just talk about what they've meant to your career certainly I, I'm really blessed uh, to learn from not only outstanding coaches um, in baseball but also having played uh, soccer as well as a two-sport athlete at Middlebury and um, Dave Sayward uh, and a number of people up at Middlebury were very influential um, in my experience and then working with uh, Justin Serpone who won a national championship in soccer at Amherst when I was coaching with him um, so in, in some ways, you know, we've been to national championship games and uh, soccer, but I've never been to a, a World Series in baseball, so this is new for me there. Um, but I've been incredibly blessed, especially with some of the administrators we have uh, at Eastern. Laurie Runksmeyer, our director of the athletics, who's here with us, um, has been instrumental in, in, you know, my mentorship. And then to have Serviz and uh, Coach Reed, um, Len, uh, Lenny Reed was our first All-American at, at Eastern and uh, was a member of the four national championships. Uh, with Coach Halawati, and then uh, Steve Servizzi was uh, on the 45-1 and one team with Bill Decker uh, with Trinity that, that won it all. So we're fortunate to have these coaches around for, for me and, and Chris to learn from, but also for our guys to be around. 
Have you brought anything from the soccer side on to, to baseball? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a soccer fan and yeah. well, played played all the way through high school, so I, I'm a soccer person as well. So, have you brought anything on on that side to, to this mm -hmm. side? I would say humility, right? So, soccer is such a difficult sport to coach and play um, because the better team doesn't always win. Very similar to baseball, and sometimes you could have the better of the opportunities and ball hits the post a couple times, goalkeeper makes a couple good saves. Um, same thing with baseball, you hit the ball right at a couple guys or a uh, team makes some, some pretty good plays and, and you gotta um, figure out how to be resilient and uh, keep keep uh, staying aggressive and throwing punches. So I would say that's and, probably and the biggest thing from a fitness level standpoint too, yeah. like I, soccer players are so fit. Yes. And I, the training piece for me is what I think helped me more than anything when mm -hmm. I got to college for baseball was just the training piece was there from a fitness standpoint. Certainly, and, and if you, you see our guys and you see some of the other teams in the World Series, how physically big we are. Um, and, and I think that that has changed the complexion of the game in a number of sports at Division three level, especially as there's an influx of Division one players in that physical size and, and uh, maturity. Uh, you can see it with our team, and that's an influence from what we've seen in soccer too. Started baseball analytics team here so just talk about starting that yes um, so started back at Amherst and and um, have carried it on through here it's been a very big part of, of what we do and um, there are a number of people um, both Eastern alumni and, and uh, Amherst alumni um, who are in Major League Baseball at the, at the highest level um, Jim Logue with uh, uh, Detroit and um, Sarah Gellis with uh, Houston um, both are, are directors of, of those organizations um, um, Ryan Hardens in uh, the Orioles organization, number of our assistant coaches. And that filters down to our players wanting to come here because they understand that um, not only do our guys love playing the game, but they also love learning from the game and, and um, learning of the information that you can get within the game to be better. And so that's, that's informed us in the way that we practice and in the way that we compete. Where would you start? Like, say, a coach watching this and, and has starting from scratch, where yeah. would you start with trying to put a team like that together? Uh, I would say get the get the right players uh, who want to compete, uh, who are passionate about baseball, um, and then work from there. And, and ultimately, at the end of the day, that's that's what we've tried to do with this group. It's been together now for uh, three years. Uh, it's more of a veteran group, and it, it's building that cohesiveness of guys who just love to compete and love the game of baseball. And then then that is, becomes the flywheel in terms of then wanting to learn more from the statistics end or um, what we're doing in practice and how that in, informs and makes us better for games. What's the strength of your team? Is it being a veteran team? Is that the strength? I mean, you got Luke Broadhurst, who's yeah. one of the best players in, in the country. So, yeah, I, I would say that it's a buy into the approach that, that we've taken. Uh, in the system that we've put together, that the players have been a part of as much as the coaches, and understand that that system um, has developed our skill set to then allow for us to be confident in games and in big moments, especially when the game's not going our way or we show up to the College World Series and never been there before. To rely on that skill acquisition and, and to trust the approach, um, that allows for them to just have fun and compete and ultimately we're fortunate to, to be very strong defensively, to have very good pitching, um, and to swing it pretty well. Um, and if we can put those aspects of our game together, uh, eventually we wear teams down and have the better of the opportunities. Without being here, I mean, how did you approach it? You know, if you haven't been here, how are you yeah. handling it with your guys to get them ready to be here? Absolutely. Well, the first thing I did is I reached out to a number of coaches who have uh, and said, hey, give me one or two pieces of advice. Um, and again, going back to you know Dave Sayward and, and Justin Serpone, who won national championships in soccer at the Division Three level, it's it's very similar. 
um, uh, GP Grow Mackey won a national championship uh, at Amherst and women's basketball. I texted him. Um, just a number of people to say, hey, you've been there. I haven't. And then also, again, Le uh, Lenny Reed uh, and Steve Servizzi, two coaches on our staff, have multiple rings. And so relied on them to say, hey, what are we doing? At the end of the day, it's just, hey, show up, have fun, and compete. And, I, you know, the last piece is that you look at the coaches who are here. Um, and many of them, Coach Brewer, Coach Scannell, they, they've been here before. Um, and kind of watch them and, and take notes from them. There's a number of blue blood programs that are at this World Series. And it's kind of cool to just see them um, and, and kind of learn from what they do. You know, guys that have won rings, they do handle things differently yeah. and they approach. So, like, what are they relaying to the guys? Because obviously their approach is going to be different than somebody that's just average. You know, yeah. people, they do things differently. What are some of the things they're relaying? Certainly. Um, and I would say that that starts with playing baseball at Eastern and understanding what that means to put on the Eastern uniform. Um, you can't help feel that when you show up to our stadium and you see the banners uh, that are hung. and and. And that's part of the reason why we get the players that we do, right? They know prior to even coming uh, that the expectation is you carry yourself as, um, as a professional, but then within that, you're still a college baseball player and there's joy for the game. Um, and, and again, I, I really point to just having our guys be around successful people, whether it's try to bring alumni to, to practices, to talk with our guys, or um, to, to when we're on the road, give them some exposure to some outlets outside of baseball so they can learn from how other professionals carry themselves and be successful. Talk about your MLB Envoy experience, yes. go to Europe and coaching, just talk yeah. about that. It's very unique, so awesome. Yes, um, I was really fortunate to get into to Major League Baseball International um, very early on. And that, that was a, a tremendous program that Major League Baseball did uh, to provide access to the game and to learn it um, to areas that hadn't had exposure to baseball um, throughout the world. Uh, and it was at a really important time. It was shortly after September 11th, and, and not only were we trying to, to um, introduce the game uh, to, to other people, other cultures, other countries, but also, you know, share the values that we have in this country that you see play out on a baseball field and between two games that are or teams that are competing um, to other countries. So it was almost like a, a goodwill um, uh, approach to kind of growing the game internationally. And it allowed for me to travel to Amsterdam and uh, work with the, the, national, uh, the Netherlands national team, uh, the Spanish national team, um, and, and learn from them and their approach and the, kind of the European influence on the game, um, which is a little bit more laid back. Uh, and then that actually caused me to, to be really interested in, in learning from um, traveling over to Japan with the Amherst team and seeing how they approach the game, which was the complete opposite, and kind of meld those together. And, and this is partially a product of all of that stuff. Uh, but yeah, the Major League Baseball International and the Envoy program, I hope that down the road they can continue to put more money into it because I know they've had to um, kind of redistribute th those funds and it's really unfortunately taken away from a really good thing, not only for baseball, but also for kids who get exposed to a, a really interesting game that's really foreign to so many different countries and cultures that don't have foul lines that are actually fair and you know a foul ball you know all those different things of, of the game that are pretty unique that um, I enjoyed coaching. How was your first experience watching a Japanese infield outfield? Uh, interesting so um, we've I, actually five, taken five six three yes in, yes 
they turned five six threes. Yes. Oh, I, oh that's yeah. That's the first time I'd, which it makes mm -hmm. sense. It's gonna happen maybe once in a while, but that was the biggest thing that stuck out is yes. turning five six threes and then fill out. Oh yeah. So the, the takeaways that I had um, that I wanted my team to learn from um, when we traveled to Japan was first um, the understanding of the commitment to the greater whole uh, and the unselfishness that's really displayed through their game and their um, culture. And, 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 and the culture is pervasive. Culture. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then also the, their presence on the field, uh, that level of awareness that you see in many of um, the Japanese players that are playing in Major League Baseball, starting with Ichiro and their ability to, to focus at such a high level. Um, and, then, and then you go watch their, their batting practice or their infield, outfield, and you understand why they could have a thousand baseballs going in all different directions and they're all being fielded cleanly and, and nobody's getting hit. Um, and it, it was just the, the reverence that they have um, for their elders and their mentors, um, the respect they show for the umpires and for their opponents, and then ultimately um, the respect they show for the game and the way they play that. Um, it's, it's, it's truly special. Um, and, and I think they, they in many ways, um, lead the way in that respect and, and sometimes that we've kind of lost focus on that in this country. Yes, for sure. We need to try to bring that back. Yeah. yeah. What are you trying to get out of practice today? Um, a couple things. One, for guys to just get their feet on the ground. Uh, we were over at the stadium. What a beautiful stadium. And, um, you know, we're, we're really fortunate, whether it's through the ABCA or D3 Baseball or the NCA and all of the, the committees that are helping and organizations helping put this event together. It is a major production. Um, and for our guys to have the experience that they do, and there's so much going on outside of the game, um, for them to just get to the field and play baseball, uh, which ultimately at the end of the day is, is what they've um, come here to do. And the past three weeks, we've gotten into this rhythm of you play on the weekends with the regional, the super regional, now the World Series, and you have some time off. And so we've kind of tried to give them their space now that this is our 60th practice. Um, and that's a lot when you then combine, you know, we're fortunate to be 44 and three, broke, broke the school record. Uh, at Eastern to do that. Well, you, you, you add those numbers up, that's a lot of baseball. And so we got to give guys their space at the beginning of the week and then kind of get back in, in focus um, for tomorrow in our first game. And that's what this is designed to do. Uh, and at the same time, again, allow them to enjoy this experience uh, because so many of them, um, this, is, this is their last go around. Um, this may be their, you know, th this is their last practice actually, uh, come to think about it. And uh, I want them to enjoy that experience. And they're, veteran enough and we've gone through um, our stages of development of a team as a team enough that they can still be present um, and have awareness and enjoy playing the game. And ultimately at the end of the day when there's pressure and things aren't going our way, if that's what we can default to, um, to say everything's okay, we're still playing a game of baseball and rely on the skill set that we've developed over the past couple of years, we're in a good place. Thanks for your time, Coach. Thank you so much. That was a pleasure. Really enjoyed it. All right. All right, here with Troy Brohan again, Salisbury College. Congrats for getting here again. I appreciate it, appreciate it. Only returning team in the field, uh, returning national champs. I mean, was there much of a difference between this year and last year? Uh, we lost a little bit of leadership last year uh, with Justin Meekins and, and Clayton Dwyer, but uh, th those were the two All-Americans and, and a big part of our, our team as far as leaders. Uh, but we've had some guys step up, uh, Sky Rahul stepped up, uh, Cam Hyder stepped up, guys that have, that have been in this situation before, uh, kind of led the way. Um, it was a rough early in the season. I think they put a lot of pressure on themselves, uh, but they really came into their own probably about midway through the season, and we've played some good baseball since. How'd you keep them hungry in the fall? 
uh, that was probably the hardest thing. We talked about not defending anything, trying to chase another one, and that's we preached it, preached it, preached it. And uh, you know, you, you can say it all you want. I'm not playing uh, how they feel when they go out there putting the pressure on themselves, whether it's on the mound or hitting or, or even playing defense. Um, I think it caught up with them a little bit, and then once they settled down, relaxed, and uh, just trusted their ability, I think, uh, like I said, we played some really good baseball midway through here to here. How nice is it to have Ron Sires and then uh, Coach Heenan with you? Yeah, Coach Sires is probably one of the best uh, defensive uh, coaches that I've ever been around, minor league, big league, you name it. Uh, coach Heenan does a tremendous job with our pitchers. Um, and then we have Coach Ween as our hitting coach, who's, who's really come into his own uh, second year with the program, who relates with the kids really well. And I think he's got some guys to, uh, I don't say over overperform their ability, but, but play up to their ability maybe a little bit past. How long did it take you then in the spring to kind of get things rolling again? I'd say probably 20, 20 games into it. I feel like uh, we, we just couldn't find that niche. We couldn't get that lineup that flowed. Um, we were moving guys in and out of the rotation in the bullpen, trying to trying to find their spots. And uh, I think once we got to about halfway through the season, some guys started to define their own roles. Um, we, we got a steady lineup where one through nine was trusted. Um, and then I think it flowed from there. 294 ERA again, so I mean, you're pitching at a high level again. So, how, I mean, how much benefit is that? Oh, it's great. It, it's great. You know, when you when you got four solid starters, so uh, you got five, six guys that were running in and out of the pen uh, with the experience um, of playing last year in some big games. Um, it helped us in the conference tournament. It helped us in the regional. We had, we had a, a damn good regional up at Glanville with Denison, and, and they're probably, and I've said this to a bunch of, bunch of players uh, and coaches, that um, of all the teams that we've played in the eight years, they, they kind of reflect us as far as I'm a National League guy pitching defense and some timely hitting, executing. And I mean, we had in a regional, we had a two to nothing, a four to two, and a three to one, uh, three to one games against them. So that was a really tough regional. Um, and then we got to, to Wooster, who just flat out one through five just mashed. Um, so we, we had some tough competition, and, and the guys stepped up, and, and whatever was asked, they, they, they did it. How much of a benefit is that to get through the super two really tight games? That's got to be a benefit coming here. That yeah, the la the last thing I want to do against Wooster, like I said, the way they swung it was get into kind of a slow pitch softball game in game three. Um, that's not our style, um, but the guys stepped up. Uh, we took an early lead, and, and Wooster didn't give up. Came back and took a lead against us. Um, and then late in the game, we had a couple guys step up, hit a couple bombs, and uh, put us in there. And we finally found somebody on the mound that could could get get some consistent outs. Eighth straight NCAA appearance? Uh, no, this is our 22nd straight. I know, I, I was trying to think back. Yeah, 20, 22nd straight NCAA appearance. Uh, and I think it's our seventh time to the World Series. I know it's our third time since I've been here um, in eight years. So a lot of tradition here at this program. That's why the guys come here. Um, they want to play for something. And, uh, you know, over my eight years here, every, every class that's come here has had an opportunity to do that. What were you hoping to get out of practice today? I saw some visualization going on, guys at, at home plate, mm -hmm. getting some mental at-bats in, guys were out in right field laying down, getting some, some visualization. Absolutely, and, and and I think that's very important in this day and age is, is to get your mind straight. Uh, everybody here has talent. Every team here has talent. Um, usually the, the teams and, and that have the most players from here up, from the neck up, that can compete, uh, control their emotions, uh, pitchers control their breathing in big situations. Um, I think those those are usually the teams that, that move forward. Thanks for your time, Coach. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it, buddy. All right, here with Brian Harrison, Baldwin Wallace. We go back a ways. Yeah, absolutely. So congrats for being here. It's yeah, awesome. It's, yeah, thanks, Ryan. It's good seeing you, man. 12th season. 
And then second World Series appearance. Yep. Yep. So did, did you relay any of that to the guys about this time around? You know what? It's it's funny. Uh, uh, we we have a video every time we're scuffling a little bit. We'll watch the World Series video, and it's really cool to watch. You know the guys that have worn the jersey before you and have success on a big stage. So so they're quite well you know aware of us being here. Any other hacks for getting guys out of, of funks? Any other things that you like that you do to try to get them out of a funk? It's a great question, man. I, I think our assistant coaches do an incredible job. It comes down to relationships and connecting and, and, and just, you know, communicating, building confidence. What about your time at Dayton? Loved it. Coach Vittorio? The best. One he of the best, the best coaches I've ever been around, man. He's a great human being. He's a great coach, connector of people. I, I've learned so much from Tony V. Um, I miss him. You know, he's in our conference now at Wilmington, and uh, and and, it, and he's doing an incredible job there. So I love him. Or 400 wins. Four. Yep. Yep. That just means you've been doing it for a while. That's all that means, brother. I mean, what have you loved about Bowling Wallace? It's a great. It's a great school. Great location. Our, our people on campus are great. Our people in our athletic department are great. We've got a great AD, Steve Thompson, who took over for another great AD, Chris Diaz. So, you know, the relationships. We get to hang out with, uh, you know, when you're in a small school, you get to hang out with other coaches, and that's what I enjoy most. How many of your guys are from the Cleveland area? I would say 60%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we've got a good bit of them. I mean, because you've been in that area, grew up in that area, so a little easier to probably recruit some guys with high school coaches in that area. It is. Got some good relationships. There's some good coaches in our area. Um, our assistant coach is from uh, Pittsburgh, so we've got 13 Yinzers there from from Pittsburgh. So, And then we have kids really from other states as well, and most of those happen because of a relationship. What's the strength of this year's team? Looks like pretty good offense. Yeah, we can hit it. We can hit it. Um, Defensively, we're very good as well. We're sound. We play great defense. Pitching, you know, we've got really two guys at the top who are a little bit who stand out. But the the, the thing is, Ryan, is we have about nine other guys that are really good that have innings as well. Incorporating your your family in with the team, right? Trying you got, to you got young kids and trying to get them incorporated with the team a little bit. It, it's it's the best when their heroes are, you know. 18 to 22 year olds man it's the best so are they here, they're, here? They're, they're driving in today driving in today so so they'll be at the hotel tonight and they're fired up they may stop at the field of dreams on the way and get to experience that have you guys faced any adversity i think every team does you know what i mean i think every team does from you know just um maybe not going through a stretch not hitting not playing well um, you know, our conference is really good. Obviously, we have two of the final eight teams in the country. Four of the top 16 teams in the country came from the state of Ohio. So, so you know, we're battle-tested. You know, we've played really good teams. Um, so, so I think that just toughens you up a little bit and prepares you for this. What are you trying to get out of practice today? Just a lot of fun, you know, just a lot of fun. Maybe just stay in the flow a little bit, keep them loose, and... Uh, you know, really, my job now is to stay out of their way, man. Will the round, BP rounds be similar to what you guys normally do? Will we just kind of let them go or structured BP rounds? How will the BP rounds Yeah, we, we let them go. I think our guys do a really good job. Every swing is staying in the middle of the field. We don't get overcomplicated with some of that stuff. You know, we always want to get off our best swings. And uh, so it's going to be very similar to what we normally do. You talk, I 
heard you talking about plyos in the, in the cage, you're using the heavy plyo balls to hit with. Yeah. How much do you like those? Love them. Love them. Uh, you know, I coach both of my kids. One boy's 11, the other boy's 13. I know at the youth level, I think they're incredible. And really what happened is uh, one, my 13-year-old showed up uh, for pregame one day, and I'm throwing plyos to him early. A few of our boys showed up. And, and said, hey, let's just jump in. And that day we hit like six home runs, and we've been doing them ever since. I love it to square up contact, just stay square, that type a lot of thing. Of instant feedback on if you're squaring the ball up, correct? It, it's a, as we say, it's a lie detector. You know, if your swing stinks, it's going to let you know. So, um, so you got to square it up. What are some other hitting drills you like doing? We do uh, we do a lot of bottom hand stuff, you know. Um, other than that, you know, just different stuff to get into the rear hip, stay square, you know, just control the move forward. Uh, we try to incorporate a lot of different things for different guys as well. But uh, you know, we don't get uh, we we have our staple of four or five things, and we try and do it every day. When you talk about lead hand, so what are you using? Using a full bat? Using a half bat? What are you using? For, yeah, for we use a stuff? we use a full bat. We use a full bat. You know, big believer that you know, just we need to create a little bit of leverage with the barrel head, and and when you use a full bat, it, it just forces you to be in a good position. Thanks for your time, coach. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. All right, here with Dan Hammes, commissioner of American Rivers Conference. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, an exciting time here in Cedar Rapids having the Division Three College World Series. Yeah. So I appreciate you being here as well to, yeah. to cover the championship. What year is this for you guys hosting? This is technically our third year. Yeah. We were also supposed to host in the infamous COVID year. Um, and then we were awarded another year um, to host next year in uh, 2023. So this is a 12-month process to get ready for this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a year-round deal. Um, we start with meetings um, with the NCA and the Colonels, Cedar Rapids Colonels, um, high-A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins here in Cedar Rapids. Um, starts out just general planning, budget, and you start to talk about some of the catering for hospitality or whatnot, um, the logistics of internet, where they're going to broadcast from, things like that, signage, so we have appropriate uh, branding for Division Three. Um, and then you start to get into you know, team-specific things on hotel, where they're going to stay, breakfast, player lounges, things like that. So yeah, it's a year-round deal. The setup here is phenomenal. Just the stadium and the Mount Mercy practice day, the hotel is beautiful. We'll just talk about how nice it is to have it here. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. The city does a great job. Um, Cedar Rapids Tourism starts out with them in terms of bit, helping bid on the process. Um, and then we have Mount Mercy, who's been a, a great partner um, to allow us to use their turf field um, additionally, we have you know Co College right in town. That um, athletic training is a big part of helping. We have athletic trainers from the league that come help, and then the Colonel staff. I mean, they're they're unbelievable, from setting up signage um, early on to actually the game day facilitation. You know, pulling the long hours. They they get here at 6 a.m. and then they uh, they leave when the stadium closes. You know, well after the the last pitch, which is usually on these first three days, early into the the morning hours. Easier this year with the full schedule? I know last year COVID kind of, it, it was hard with the hotel COVID protocols on the field. Is it easier this year or is it harder because you got more stuff going on like the opening banquet and everything? Um, I, there's definitely more, more pieces to, to make sure that they're lined up appropriately. Um, I think this is a great feeling for the championship to have our opening ceremonies back. Give the guys, coaching staffs, athletic trainers, everybody else, and parents and fans were able to come watch an opportunity to celebrate the achievement because it's I know everybody's chasing that national title, but 
over 400 Division Three baseball teams to be one of the final eight, that's a really big deal. So when we can do the, the full gamut opening ceremony, guys can come watch this year. We were still in our COVID protocols last year, so literally it was play, go back to the hotel, hang out, and then come play again. So this time they can, they can watch, they can socialize. Um, it's just a much better championship atmosphere. And that's something people don't realize. Division three is the largest division we have for sports, correct? correct. Yes, yeah. Division. Now, a lot of people don't think about that. It's amazing how many Division three schools there are. Right. No, the, over 450 Division three schools. He said um, 400 Division three um, baseball programs just over now. So yeah, it's a it's a huge division. So the the journey here to get your AQ just out of your conference championship and then to be one of the at large bids and then you have to make it through regionals and then on to super regionals so um, yeah it's a lot of opportunity out there uh, amongst the division three institutions but it's extremely competitive and your product of division three i mean just talk about what division three athletics has meant to you in your career yeah no i, I wouldn't be here today without it um, i went to uh, warburg college which is a member of our um, our college or our conference the american rivers conference so that set me up from you know just being a student athlete and I experienced the work-life balance, um, balancing practice, you know your academic load on top of that, uh, different committees, student athlete advisory committee, things of that nature to be involved and really get the full student athlete experience. Um, that's that's what it's about at Division Three. We go back to Iowa days, strength and conditioning. I mean, what pivoted, you were grinding away in the strength and conditioning side for a long time, and what pivoted to get away from strength and conditioning? It happens a lot in the strength and conditioning world and the coaching world where you pivot to something else. Right, no, that was probably my, my first passion was the strength and conditioning, coaching, being able to work one-on-one -on -one with the athletes, and I was fortunate to be on the Olympic side of strength and conditioning, so I worked with a multitude of sports, uh, baseball being one of them, um, and the staff down there at Iowa during that time. So. Really, the family life was, was the major decision. You know, the, the coaching world is an interesting one to really kind of advance through your career. You kind of have to bounce around a little bit. Not always, but that's kind of where the path leads you. So found an opportunity to get into enrollment management, fundraising, and then into the conference office setting and spent the last years, last eight years kind of going that path. And now I, I'm fortunate enough to be the commissioner in the American Rivers Conference. But strength and conditioning probably uh, prepares you to handle something like this. You're probably working on two or three hours of sleep a night, right? right. That's a these, similar schedule to strength and conditioning. These, these days are long here at the tournament. Um, really, once that super regional ends, the late night start where you start at 8, 9 in the morning and you get done at 2 a.m. the next day. Um, but that's part of it. And I think going back to being a student athlete, that balance and, and dedication and knowing that you have, to, you have to put it in. Whatever the work takes to get it done, that's what you do. And, the strength conditioning world is kind of like that, where your morning start, I think I got there at about 4.20 every day, and you end late into the evening, and it's just part of college athletics. Not always, there's ebbs and flows, so I don't want to scare anybody out there that's listening and, and maybe getting into college athletics, but it's there are ebbs it. and flows. Um, but that's, you're around athletics, it's awesome. Logistically, so, you know, after the first year, did you keep a checklist then for the following year? Logistically, how are you attacking this? So, I mean, do you have binders? How are you attacking this logistically? Yeah, it takes a great deal of organization. Um, we went up in 2018 when Appleton was still hosting after their long run. That was their final year. Uh, met with uh, their staff up there, and they were extremely helpful in handing over their you know documents, sitting down and talking about what was needed. So that was my first reference in Binder, and then 2019, I still actually, for this tournament, reference some of those notes. Yeah. So that's been an ongoing um, 
process and you refine those every year. You learn a little bit more and I'll have a new binder for next year and reference that one too. Thanks for your time, Dan. Absolutely. Thank you. Huge thank you to Dan Hammes and his American River staff for their hospitality during the tournament. Spending nine years at the University of Iowa, it's always nice to head back to Eastern Iowa. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Zach Hale, Jim Richardson, and Matt West and ABC office for all their help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org, Twitter and TikTok at CoachB underscore ABCA, Instagram, RyanBrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyABCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you. Set me free. You set me free.